Hi, my name is Becky B, and this is episode 23 of the Concentrated Groundercast, five-minute commentary on the CW's The 100. This is my review of episode 314, Red Sky at Morning. Let's start with Raven and Monty. I'm not totally sure what has happened to Raven's brain, but I think it's awesome, and I hope it lasts. I thought it was particularly interesting how Raven was reading code, but seeing physical things in the City of Light. Pay close attention to how she described the Citadel. It was surrounded by water. It had levels and multiple doors. Why would the writers include these details if they will not come to play in the next two episodes? Now, Monty and Harper. That was a surprise. I respect a woman who goes after what she wants. But I have a sinking suspicion that Harper has been chipped. I hope it isn't true, because I like for people to be happy, but it would explain how Allie knew that Sinclair was dead. It would also explain the sudden interest in distracting Monty, and how Allie found Luna so quickly. But if Harper was chipped, it would have had to been recently, or she would have gone with Clark in the flame. It also doesn't make sense that if Harper's chipped, why would she be wasting time with Monty rather than attacking Raven and trying to stop the hack? I guess we'll have to wait and see. I thought Raven showed a lot of compassion in letting Monty take the keyboard and talk with his mom at such a critical time. You could also argue that it was a mistake. It didn't really make sense that somehow Hannah was blocking Raven's access, but we'll have to hand wave that away, as sometimes you have to do on a sci-fi show. Christopher Larkin showed his acting chops again in the heartbreaking decision to delete his mother and the aftermath of that. Going back to Polis... Now, could there be a team of three more unlikely heroes than Indra, Pike, and Murphy? Again, this show proves that love is weakness, in that Murphy lets his love for Amori stop him from taking action, resulting in Ali's successful upload to Earth Monitoring Station. And I think it's also interesting to note here that Indra picked up a gun. Indra suggested to Lexa back in Episode 5 that the Grounders needed guns to fight the Sky People, even though it goes against all of their beliefs. Desperate times calls for desperate measures. By far, the highlight of this episode for me was meeting Luna and the boat people. The title of this episode refers to them. Red Sky at Night, Sailor's Delight. Red Sky at Morning, Sailors Take Warning. Is the red sky, in this case, the arrival of Allie in her red dress? Or is it the arrival of Juan Heda and her blood-soaked hands? It can't be very convenient to live on an oil rig in the middle of the ocean, but it is a safe haven. It seems to be implied that Luna created this colony based on her pacifist beliefs. I wish we had even more of Luna's backstory than what they gave, and I hope some fanfiction writer somewhere will take on this challenge. Luna was billed as a very different kind of grounder that we've never seen before, but to me, she didn't seem so different. She seemed very Lexa. Yes, the way they went about things was different, but they were still very much the same. I loved Luna's hair and the way Luna spoke Triga to Slaying with a much softer accent than we've ever heard before. Between the language and the culture and the storytelling, the creators of the show did a great job making us feel like these were a people apart. That's why it seemed the more tragic when Allie arrived, I think it's important that Luna only fought back when the child was put in danger. Up until that point, she had only resisted as much as she had to. Overall, I thought that Luna was beautifully played. Her grief was palpable, 
and I loved that we were able to see her grief reflected in Clark's eyes. The resolution of the episode was both tragic and just. I liked that even after everything, Luna held on to her assertion that the path of violence was a choice. Clark was wrong when she told Luna that she wasn't living up to her birthright. Luna is already a leader to her people, and she's doing it on her own terms. They should make a spin-off show, Luna and the Boat People. I'd watch the heck out of that. In the end, when the adventure squad wakes up on the beach expelled from Eden, they all turn and look at Clark, and the weight of everything is back on her shoulders. Now what? This has been Becky B. for the Concentrated Grounder Cast. Thanks for listening. You can catch me on Twitter or Tumblr at GrounderCast, or you can email me at ConcentratedGrounder at gmail.com. <laughs>